Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, December the 15th, 2021. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to go over a tremendous NBA 11-game main slate for this evening. It is going to be a good one. We've got to obviously shift around and bounce around all of these COVID protocol uh, people that are sitting, but we'll get there. We're going to work through it. We'll follow the news for you, and uh, we'll make sure that we put some lineups uh, out that are the most conducive to taking down some big tournaments. So appreciate you uh, spending your time with uh, with me here uh, to listen into some of our NBA uh, action. We've got, uh, again, a, a busy, busy 11-game NBA schedule. <clears throat> so we're not going to spend a lot of time going over much prior to we want to dive in. I will say this, though. If, uh, if you haven't uh, checked it out yet, we have our 12 days of Christmas special going on as we count down uh, to a wonderful Christmas day and also the awesome five-game massive NBA slate that day that has some incredible contests. Uh, we have, by the way, really what I think, you know, our Black Friday deals were tremendous, but th this one particular deal, if you're looking and following basketball up uh, through Christmas, it's the Christmas 12-day pass for $12, and we're going to offer that all the way from now until Christmas Day, uh, and then that is, is going to go away. So take advantage of that. If you want to join for the rest of the NFL season, that's only $50, uh, similar to that dollar a day plan that we've done in the past. And basketball, uh, if you want to jump in for the remainder of the NBA season, uh, that is only $175. So those are our Christmas specials. Big shout out to John Wehausen. Uh, Wehausen. He did a lot of this background work to get this Christmas special uh, completed and ready and up, and also Brett Trimble, who got all, <clears throat> all of our uh, back office stuff done with offering this on our website. So really appreciate everybody's hard work. Our team has really been stepping up as it's been super busy, uh, you know, with this uh, holiday time. So appreciate that. We'd love to have you join us. If you just want to sign up for anything Coach Talk-wise, just go to dfscoachtalk.com you'll have all of your options there. As we begin this, if you're watching on Twitter, or well, no, you're not watching on Twitter, you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, quick thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, give us a little comment at the bottom if you can, and also hit that little alarm button, that bell up in the corner there. That will give you uh, an indication of when we are posting. It'll give you an alert you'll know when we're posting any of our podcasts. And we do uh, seven-day-a-week podcasts in front of the paywall. Uh, so you're going to catch us every day NBA-wise. And then three really great uh, NFL podcasts through the week from Andrew Hansen, Josh Davis, and Omaha Joe Stanton. So you want to catch those as well. Um, <clears throat> really appreciate everybody uh, that's been getting involved. We've had a lot more uh, views on YouTube, a lot of people listening to our audio podcasts as well. You can catch us anywhere podcasts are heard, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, 
Podbean, Stitcher, I could go on and on. Um, anywhere that you go there to listen, um, we have a contest. And it's the 15th, so we're about halfway through the month. And we draw at the end of each month. Anybody that gives us five stars and a comment on any of those podcast uh, spots where we land, um, <clears throat> you uh, get in a drawing for a one-week full-access membership to Coach Talk. So take advantage of that as well. All right. I appreciate it. Here we go. We've got 11 games. No breaks. We're going to get through it uh, with giving everybody a good indication of how to start building these lineups. And again, just a real quick one. If you're if you really want to take this serious and build it, you got to focus in on contest selection and bankroll management. We really coach that here at Coach Talk. So if you want to take that to another level, come and join us. And then <clears throat> with all this COVID protocol, injury, rest, everything going on, you have to follow a close throughout the day and even in the late swap in the evening. Let us do the majority of that work for you. We're doing it on it constantly, our whole team. If um, you can jump in our Discord, follow along with us as all that news breaks, and we're going to make shifts and change to, to give our members the best chance to take it down. And remember, we're very unique here at Coach Talk. No one offers exactly what we do as far as what we provide. <clears throat> we provide a unique coach's clipboard, which is five guys uh, that are highlighted and then a bunch of other players to choose the rest of your lineup. We also give out full cash and GPP line on Yahoo and on FanDuel. So uh, very unique, but it's really been a great mixture for helping our members uh, win. And that's what it's all about. All right, no further delay. Here we go. Seven o'clock, Houston and Cleveland. Cleveland minus eight and a half, 220 and a half total. 106 implied for Houston, 114 and a half uh, for the Cle uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, who are playing fantastic basketball, by the way. Houston comes in at nine and 18. They certainly have improved. Cleveland, a really impressive 17 and 12. Injuries, big news here that we need to know is questionable on Christian Wood. We already know that Gordon, Green, House, Porter, and Wall are all out. So that's going to change this game tremendously. It also creates a situation considering Cleveland has zero injuries, which is amazing at, at this point of the season. Uh, it really creates the, the possibility of a blowout. So I know it's only eight and a half. But I'm a little concerned about this game. I think, uh, you know, I think Cleveland, the way they're rolling, uh, this could be a big problem. Statistically speaking, Houston is the fastest paced team in the NBA. So it is a great pace up game for Cleveland as well. Uh, Cleveland's 19th. So, you know, not the best for Houston in that matchup. Uh, defensive efficiency, Houston 24th. Cleveland third. So again, you've got a lot pointing to Cleveland here, um, and that's where we have to be a little bit wary. I think Armani Brooks uh, is a great play. He's 5'5". Five, five. Somebody's got to score the ball. If Christian Wood sits on top of everything else, then Armani Brooks is a, a huge play. 
And also, our thumbnail today, Garrison Matthews, he's only 4'7", and he's going to probably play 40, 42 minutes and is a, is a great value. He's proven he can score the ball and do a couple other things as well. So I think he's, you know, really in consideration. Um, after that, I mean, DJ Augustine, Tice, Tate, those guys are all possible. Uh, I, I prefer Brooks and Matthews a little bit more. Uh, but, you know, Jen Goon is also going to be uh, a really popular pick if, if uh, Woods sits. So this could be a big game right out of the shoot. The 220 and a half total is decent, and it makes sense. On the Cleveland side, you know, if the game does stay within what Vegas is saying, this eight and a half point spread, you've got Garland, who's phenomenal at seven, nine, could be a great play. You got some cheap options in uh, Lori Markinen at five, one, which I think really has some uh, possibilities. Then the two bigs, you know, you've got Mobley at 6'9 and Allen at 8'3 would be the other two considerations for me. Uh, and either one is playable or both. I mean, they're just both playing good ball, a little expensive to go both ways, but I think they're both in play. All right, another 7 o'clock game, Atlanta Hawks, Orlando Magic. Atlanta favored by 8, a nice big 224 total, 116 implied for Atlanta. Uh, 108 for Orlando. Atlanta comes in at 13 and 14. Orlando at 5 and 23. Not great. Uh, Okongwu is questionable for Atlanta, so he may get a little backup center, uh, which he hasn't been playing much. So uh, he may get some backup center to Capella. We know that Bogdanovich and Hunter remain out. For Orlando, it's a big group again. Michael Carter Williams, Fultz. Isaac, Moore, and Suggs uh, remain out. So they have been uh, banged up for quite some time. Uh, Atlanta is 18th in the league in pace, which is surprising. Uh, they played faster last year. Orlando's ninth, so that's a good pace-up game for Atlanta. Defensively, though, uh, both of these teams are bad, so it gives us some good DFS promise. 25th and 29th defensively in this in the league. So that opens it up. Uh, Trey Young, super expensive at 10-7. Could be a slate breaker kind of ga game for him, though. You guys know and gals that I love Cole Anthony, too, and the way he plays. He's super in play for me at 8-4. So, I mean, yes, Trey Young has a higher ceiling than Cole Anthony. But, you know, for the $2,300 you're saving – in salary, I think Cole's a great play today. Uh, Kevin Herter at 5-4 has been steady. And then, of course, Collins and Capella, you can consider at 7-6 and 8, uh, you know, both in a pace-up situation. So either one of them could get there. Um, other considerations for Orlando, if you want to go uh, cheaper, you can look at Franz Wagner at 6-3. A little too high for me. But he has put up a lot of double-digit, solid 5, 6, 7x games uh, throughout the way. Uh, Wendell Carter's up to 7-5 now. He was a, a great play at 5-8 and such that he was for quite some time. But he's now firmly in that mid-tier pricing. And it creates a little bit of a, a second uh, thought before you, you really uh, put him in there. Mo Bomba at 6-4 is also... Uh, a reasonable play. 
Uh, Capella's tough, but, you know, Bamba's going to get his uh, anyway. But uh, definitely need exposure, both of these first games. I mean, it's unusual that you get two totals over 220 uh, early on in the slate like this, but uh, they both are good games. Now we get some normal uh, early slate type situations here based on the Vegas lines. Miami and Philadelphia, Philly by six, only 208 and a half. Uh, total 101.25 implied for Miami and 107.25 uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. Miami comes in at 16 and 12, Philadelphia at 15 and 13. Uh, huge amounts of injuries here. First of all, Tyler Hero, questionable. And then here's the guys that are out. Bam, Jimmy Butler, Martin. Morris and Oladipo. So really, those six guys, they could win a lot of games with just those six guys that are out. Uh, things aren't uh, much prettier for Philly. Seth Curry and Joel Embiid, questionable. So monster news. Riller, Simmons, and Springer remain out. So this, this game becomes uh, almost impossible to really break down until we get uh, you know, the hero and Embiid and Curry news because those are three key players, three uh, guys that get solid usage. Uh, so we got to follow this one. As far as pace goes, it's just a, a ten, tenaciously awful game, 27th and 29th in pace. So these are two half-court teams that are going to focus on working the ball, uh, and not a lot of extra possessions, not a lot of extra DFS points. Fun game to watch, but uh, not a great game to load up on defense. It's the first night of a back-to-back -back for Philly, so that's why you're probably looking at questionable tags on some of the guys like Embiid. They'll a lot of times choose one of the two games to have them sit. Uh, so, you know, that news is important. Miami's also eighth in the league in defensive efficiency, which, you know, doesn't bode well for Philly. Philly is 20th. So uh, you got an island game for Miami. Philly, you know, looking to rest some guys on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. So with the Vegas total, with that in, in consideration and some of the good D, I do think you have to look at some of the value here because the bottom line is if all the guys, let's just say all these guys are sitting. You know, Lowry at 8-1 now has to be the scorer, the, the you know, playmaker, the leader. So he's he's playable. Uh, you can consider cheaper Gabe Vincent at 4-5 or Duncan Robinson at 4-4 or Dwayne Dedman at 5-1. They're all super cheap, and they're all going to be important to this rotation if all of those guys sit out. So good value here. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of value and tons more that's going to open up. So Really, let's face it, in this COVID world now, protocols with everybody sitting out, it really does come down to a start. Who builds the best stars and scrubs lineup every night? Because there's really no necessity to go with a medium build. You can get a good three superstars in your lineup because you got four or five guys that are, you know, 4,000 or whatever uh, that you are going to play 30, 35, 40 minutes. And it, it just makes, uh, prefer a pretty easy strategy. However, got to pick the right guys. It does no good to pick stars and scrubs if you're picking the wrong ones. Um, on the Philly side, if Embiid does sit, Tobias Harris 
dives up in usage and becomes a terrific play at 7-4. Tyrese Maxey at 6-1 can also be considered. And, uh, you know, Thibel's very cheap at 3-1, and he's going to get you stocks. There's no doubt about it. But can he hit some threes uh, to help, you know, build that up? I think that, you know, that potential's there. It's risky, definitely a GPP play, uh, but you can consider it. All right, we move to a 7:30 game. It's the LA Lakers and Dallas Mavericks. Lakers are favored by one on the road in Dallas, 215 total, 108 implied for the Lakers, uh, 107 for the Dallas Mavericks. Both teams just hovering around 500. Lakers are 15 and 13. Dallas is 14 and 13. Uh, LeBron James probable. Anthony Davis is the big question mark. He missed the last game. Uh, Ariza, Horton, Tucker, Howard, Monk, and Nunn are all out. So a little light on the uh, rotation for the Lakers uh, with all those guys out. For Dallas, Sterling Brown, questionable. Coley Stein and some dude by the name of Luka Doncic out. So it does affect this game big time. Lakers are second in the league in pace. And Dallas is 30th. So you've got a massive pace up game for the Mavericks and can't have a worse pace down game for the Lakers. Um, Defensive efficiency, the Lakers are up to 10th, which is very respectable. Dallas in the middle of the pack at 14. So, you know, slower game uh, for the Lakers. Dallas gets a little bit of a bump here for sure. Uh, on pace, but both teams can defend. Uh, And then you've got, you know, we need to see who's in and out for the Lakers for sure. But, you know, on the Dallas side, I'll start there. I think Brunson, even at 6'7", with this pace up and uh, our man Luca out, I think is squarely in play. Porzingis is super pricey uh, and depends on if Davis plays or not really for me on whether Porzingis is in. I think, you know, he has a better chance to get to his number, even though he's 8-6 if uh, Davis sits. Uh, after that, really not interested in in all the other, I'll call them skabuji because they're just not good. I mean, God bless them. I hope they do it. But Bullock, Finney Smith, Powell, Hardaway, Kleba, Sterling Brown, Moses Brown, Josh Green. Ugh, yuck. Sorry. Just a little maverick sug. Uh, gut punch here. We need to make some moves. Anyway, I I regress. Here we go. Lakers. Uh, Playing the slowest team in the league is not going to help. Russell Westbrook at 10-6. He's a bit about as inconsistent as you can get. And I know he has monster ceilings. Maybe he gets it here. But man, playing him is like playing roulette. You just really uh, are really spinning the wheel. Um, Certainly can always throw him up there in a GPP in case he has one of his triple-double crazy games, but I'm not going to spend up for him at 10-6 on an 11-game slate. Um, After that, you know, we'll see who's in and out. LeBron at 11-1 is a different story. If Davis sits, you know, this being considering being a fairly close game, I think LeBron is a fantastic pay-up option here um, at that number. But if Davis plays, then you've got him at 10-4 in there as well, and it becomes very difficult. you know, this isn't going to, again, this is a huge pace down game for them. If uh, Westbrook, James, and Davis are in, I'm probably going to pass. Uh, 
Uh, but we'll, we'll get that news as the day goes on. All right. <clears throat> we have the 8 o'clock group now, which are two games. The first one is the New Orleans Pelicans, Oklahoma City Thunder. Pelicans are favored by two. It's uh, only a 210 and a half total, 106.25 for the Pelicans, 104.25 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. As far as records coming into this game, uh, you've got uh, the Pelicans at 8 and 21, Thunder at 8 and 18. So again, one of these draft uh, NBA draft day type slotting games to see who's going to be further down the list. Uh, injuries, we've got Homes, Homes, uh, H-O-M-M-E-S for the Pelicans. I know pretty much every player in the league, Dalton Holmes is not one of the guys I'm real familiar with, um, but he's out, so it doesn't matter. Luzada's out, and my brother, Cheeseburgers Williamson, still out. Lou Dort is out for the Thunder, though, so Brandon Ingram is throwing a luncheon party today in uh in extreme excitement that he gets to play against the thunder and does not get to be put into the torture chamber so uh let's look at uh a couple things here statistically pelicans 20th in pace oklahoma city 15th um defense stinks pelicans 28 thunder 22. so it's an attackable game uh, again, you know, Ingram immediately becomes a play that I have not played often recently because uh, their games are inconsistent, and he's been inconsistent, and he's a super nine, uh, expensive 9-2. I don't think he'll get as much ownership uh, as you think at that price. If he was in the 8s, you know, he's been 8-8 eight, eight and in that neighborhood, and he gets a decent amount of ownership. But once you jump over that nine spot, you know, you're looking at serious payup, but I like him here. I think he's, as of right now, he'd be in my lineup, uh, specifically since it's against the Thunder, who don't defend well, and I think that uh, the pace will be decent enough because both teams are so inefficient defensively uh, that I think Ingram could have one of his ceiling-style games. Um other guys, you know, if you want to go a little bit cheaper, Josh Hart at 6-3, Herbert Jones at 4-3, and then you always can go Joval at 8-7. Uh, certainly not going to play Ingram and Joval, but one of the two options I think is very much in play. On the Thunder side, uh, without Dort out there, he, you know, even though he doesn't score a lot, he does uh, soak up some usage. A lot of that will go back to Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who's playable at 8-8, uh, and also everybody likes to take a shot at trying to catch one of Josh Giddy's, uh triple-double style games at 6-7, uh, always a good option as well. Uh, the rest of the bench there and everybody else starting, I just don't think there's strong enough players uh, on a game of this, mag a slate of this magnitude with 11 games. Um, both of those teams are also uh, on an island. Uh, one of these teams on the next 8 o'clock game, though, is not. Indiana's on the first night of a back-to-back. -back. They're playing the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee's only favored by one. Uh, it's a 217.5 total, and it's 108.25 for Indiana, 109.25 uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. <clears throat> we know the reason why this spread is low. 
because some guy by the name of Giannis is not playing and his buddy Chris Middleton is questionable. So this is going to be interesting matchup. So um, Middleton, questionable. Giannis, Cousins, DiVincenzo, Lopez, Matthews, and Ojale all out for Milwaukee. For Indiana, the other Jay Holiday, that being his brother Justin Holiday, is questionable. And McConnell and Warren remain out. So this, this game really is intriguing. Indiana's 12 and 17, Milwaukee 18 and 11. Um, but, you know, the news is going to be very paramount here. Uh, you've got a uh, pace of 22 for Indiana, uh, but pace up to eight for Milwaukee. So good pace up game for the Pacers. Both teams are, are decent defensively, though. Indiana 12, Milwaukee 9. So it's not a runaway game by any stretch. But it's hard not to like Drew Holiday uh, if both Middleton and Giannis are out. I think at 7-5, which is a pretty cheap price for him, uh, I think he's just a plug-and-play if both guys sit. I like him even if Middleton plays, but uh, I think Holiday gets some good attention here. Now, I don't know how big of a ceiling game it'll be for him with Malcolm Brogdon defense, but I do think it's necessary because of usage and minutes played in a game that they're going to want to win at home that has a one-point spread. You can certainly uh, scrape for some value here. Grayson Allen at four, Pat Connaughton at five. Bobby Portis has drifted a little down a 7-1. Uh, and then you're going to get a bunch of guys off the bench. You're probably going to get some Hill, uh, maybe some Hood, uh, certainly some Noir, uh, you know, a little bit. But nobody that you really have to dig into here, I think, the focus needs to be on Holiday if Middleton plays and then your second options uh, of Connaughton and Portis. On the Indiana side, <clears throat> you've got Brogdon at 7-7, uh, fair price for him. Duarte at 4-6, uh, 4-8, I'm sorry, in play. Karis Levert's up to 6-5, but, but a playable commodity. And the two bigs, I mean, you got to look at the entire starting five here as possible plays, uh, not the bench, but the five main guys. Sabonis so is nine five, so that's a big, big uh, chunk to bite off. Turner's at six two, so we'll see how this rolls. Um, coach Carlisle's still out with COVID, so they're they're getting uh, the backup coaches, but Carlisle's still pulling the levers. The rotations haven't changed much, and they're still looking to probably trade. I believe Levert and Turner. So there's some turmoil there, uh, but I think you've got, you know, the fact that it's a pace up game for the Pacers. I definitely want to have uh, some exposure there. All right, let's move on to an 830 game. It's the only 830 game on the slate, and it also has to be the biggest number on the slate. So how much uh, do you like this game is a big question on, on how you're going to stack up your lineup. Uh, it seems like Charlotte... Uh, games are now becoming the norm of the highest total uh, of the slate. We had a while last year that the Nets were like that, and it sort of rotated around. Uh, but now it's the Hornets. The Hornets, Hornets are the worst defensive team in the league, and it's showing in Vegas. Uh, 228.5 is the total. Again, you don't see too many games 230 or close to it. Uh, in this day and age, Spurs are favored, by the way, by three and a half. One twelve and a half implied for Charlotte. 
nice 116 for the Spurs. And, you know, you've got both teams on an island game. You've got some great pace here. Charlotte fourth and San Antonio sixth. And then you have, again, terrible defense from um, the Hornets side. They're dead last. Spurs in the middle of the pack at 15th. As far as injuries go in this game, the 15 and 14 Hornets have questionable tag on uh, Plumley. Uh, Mr. P Mason Plumley possibly could play, but Ball and Smith are out. For the Spurs, all they're listing as out is Zach Collins. So, you know, you've got a lot of the regulars in this game. That's helping, I think, the total um, as well. Uh, possibilities. Terry Rozier at 7-3 and his counterpart on the other side, DeJounte Murray at 10-3. I think they're both going to get play. I'm probably not going to go to either spot because I think they defend each other. And I think that uh, I respect that defense and their pricing is a little bit off for me. Cody Martin at 6'4", I think is a, is a better play. Uh, that's somebody I'm looking at. Uh, Gordon Hayward at 7'4", in play. And Miles Bridges at 8'1". I love, uh, love that play. Kelly Oubre's been smashing slate after slate. He may go back to the bench and come off uh, as the sixth man uh, or may start. We have to see what that lineup's going to be. But at 8-2, you know, even if he loses a sliver of time or a few rotations, that's a little bit expensive for me. On the Spurs side, you know, you've got Pop, so you always have to fear some stuff. But Jakob Pertl, this looks like a game that he could do some damage. He's only 7K, good option at center. You have Keldon Johnson, who was out for a bit, coming back. You know, if we in, unless we hear there's some limitations at 5-6, he you can push the button there. Uh, Derek White, I never play. I played him the other night, and he's 7-2 now, but he did get a 60-burger for me. So a guy that I've not really played much, I certainly like now, is on my good side. So there are a lot of good plays here. But I know this sounds strange, and you're thinking, uh, Coach, have you lost your mind? But I'm not going to have a ton of exposure to this game. You know, I don't always love the highest total game on the board, and this is one of those cases, and it is high. 228.5 is a lot. I just see, you know, a lot of bench being used on both sides. I think Ubre, Washington, uh, McDaniels, Book Knight, Thor, maybe even Nick Richards, uh, you know, or Kai Jones of Plumlee sits. That's a lot of guys to play. Plus they get Rozier back in that rotation and he had been out. So it's going to get spread around a bit. Same thing with the Spurs, Walker, Vassell, maybe some Trey Jones, Eubanks, Forbes, you know, little Bates, Jop or Young. I mean, there's, there's depth and these guys aren't out unless something changes. So, you know, this will be the most played game. And I think our one of our big edges <clears throat> is we'll have some exposure here, but not nearly as much. We are going to be underweight uh, to this game uh, on Coach Talk today. So we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. Um, it's not going to be one of those games I think is going to be low scoring. It's just I think it's going to be spread around enough that if you miss some of the, the plays here that are traps where you're going to get lower numbers, uh, I think it can make a massive difference. So. Hey, we're not chalk players here at Coach Talk. We don't just play strictly with the numbers, say. We hand-build everything.
We use all the analytics. We use all the optimizers. We do everything everybody else does, but we don't just dump it in and accept it. We take it. We maneuver it. We look at it. We apply our coaching knowledge and what's gone on to create and hand build a couple lineups uh, that we think can take some stuff down. So this is one of those cases where it really shows that. All right. Next game is a 9 p.m. game. Uh, it's the only nine o'clock game. And then we have three late games. So that's going to be fun all the 10 o'clock. So we'll give you a lot of late swap uh, possibilities. All right. The nine o'clock game is Minnesota and Denver. Denver by five. It's 217 and a half. The implied for Minnesota, 106.25. For Denver is 111.25. As far as uh, this game, Minnesota's 12 and 15. Denver's 14 and 13. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, only one listed on the injury report for Minnesota. He's questionable. And then you have probable for Will Barton and Aaron Gordon. So that we're going to count them in. Austin Rivers, who's somewhat been out of the rotation anyway, is questionable. Uh, but we do know for sure that Jermichael Green and Jamal Murray are out. Uh, as far as looking at how these teams run, uh, Minnesota is fifth in pace, so big pace up game for Denver. Denver third slowest at 28th in the league. So in vice versa mode here, Minnesota big pace down. Defensively, Minnesota 13th, Denver 18th. So really combined for somewhat middle of the road. Who are the plays here? Well, we need to know again on D'Angelo Russell. If he plays without limitations at 8-4, you can look at him. If he sits, I think it brings up Anthony Edwards at 8-3 as a, a very viable play. Um, you've got Jared Vanderbilt, who's thrown some nice games together as an option at 5-5. Cat, a little pricey for me at 10-2. But speaking of pricey, we've got the Joker at 12-2. Huge uh, you know, chunk to bite off on an 11-game slate. But there are massive amounts of value. So you can play the Joker at 12-2 and just figure it out from there. Uh, not leaning that way, believe it or not. And I know, you know, it makes sense too, because it's a massive pace up game. Cat's not a good defender. Uh, you know, and the spread's fairly close. I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'll certainly have the Joker uh, rostered somewhere, whether it's in my GPP or I can you know, really feel comfortable putting him in my cash. I think he's a terrific play. One of the better plays on the slate. It's just a matter of, you know, reward versus how much you're spending for him. Because, you know, when you spend 12-2 for a guy and you're, you know, you're talking, you don't get 65 to 70, you're going to be disappointed. Uh, that's, that's pretty big. So you got to think about that a little bit. You know, you can go on the cheaper side with any of the guys, really. Monte Morris at 5'8", Barton 6'8", Gordon 6'2", or Jeff Green at 4'4". All have good potential here in a pace-up game uh, to, to get to their number. Um, really, that's how I see this game rolling. I'd like some exposure. The Russell News is important. Uh, and then just, you know, ultimately making that decision on the Joker is going to be really slate-shifting. All right, three 10 o'clock games. Maybe it's the night we do an after-hour slate for our members. So remind me in Discord 
and uh, we'll try. We'll put some after-hours uh, lineups together for you later this evening. Not often get three ten ten o'clock games uh, uh, lately. So, and they're interesting games too. They all have uh, you know playable guys. So the first one is Washington and Sacramento, ten o'clock. Sacramento by one, a nice two twenty-five and a half total. One twelve point two five implied for Washington. 113.25 implied for Sacramento. It is the first night of a back-to-back for Washington. So will that affect things? Um, that's what we have to see lineup-wise. There's no news early on that. Uh, so that's something that we will follow. Washington comes in at 15 and 13. Sacramento at 11 and 17. Kyle Kuzma questionable for Washington. Important news that we need to know. Bryant and Hashimura remain out. And then for Sacramento, uh, Rashawn Holmes is unlikely to play, uh, you know, doubtful. So we will count him out unless we hear uh, something different. Uh, Pace-wise, Washington only 25th in the league. A lot different than they played last year. Real ball control. That's why you very rarely see any ceiling games anymore from Bradley Beal. Uh, Last year, you know, they were trying to outscore everybody and they'd have some big, big numbers. Uh, and Bill was was really uh, going into the 60s, 70s on a regular basis. But with the pace they're playing uh, and defense that they're playing, you know, he hasn't gotten there. Now you just have to pick his spots. This could be one of them uh, where he really could uh, get it done. And he is definitely on my radar and hasn't been most of the year. Um, they uh, Sacramento's third in the league in pace. So That's a big reason why I'm considering Beal and a couple other uh, possibilities with the Wizards because of that big pace up. And also Sacramento doesn't defend. They're 26th. You know, since Gentry took over, they won some games. They're playing harder, uh, but they're scoring more and their defense isn't as good. That's Gentry's MO, you know, wherever he coaches. So that makes uh, the Sacramento games more interesting and certainly the Washington side of the ball. Other than Beal, I think you can consider a cheap Dinwiddie at 5-5. Kuzma, if he plays without restrictions at 5-9, not, you know, just haven't seen the Gafford-Harrell thing paying off much uh, with that split, even though they're both around 5K. On the Sacramento side, yes, Washington plays decent defense and doesn't uh, play at a great pace, but Washington's defense has been plummeting. I mean, they have dropped a dozen spots uh, in the last three weeks. So, you know, it it does bring Sacramento's uh, players into consideration here. Washington's 19th, Sacramento 26, by the way, defensively. Um, Fox at 8K, playable. Halliburton at 6K, playable. You know, Barnes, we'll see. You know, he's not quite back to himself since he sat, but at 5'6", you can look at it. Uh, after that, it, it becomes a little risky. Metu, Len, Heald, Mitchell, and Davis, and Bagley, and Thompson. That's the big group, and they're getting minutes. All the, you know, all of those guys, those eight guys are getting minutes, um, seven guys. But for me, out of that group, I think Bagley has the most upside at four or five. Terrence Davis at four, but, you know, now that he's not starting more than likely, certainly a big step back. So, some GPP plays from those guys, but not in cash games, in my opinion. Way too risky 
uh, on a slate that has so many great uh, options and values. All right, two games remaining. Again, these last three stretch after our slate. Memphis and Portland. Portland by one, 219.5 total. Uh, it is 109.25 implied for Memphis, 110.25 uh, for the Portland Trailblazers. Coming into this game, we've got Memphis at 17 and 11. Portland just the opposite at 11 and 17. Guys that are out here, nobody questionable. So it's nice that we know this ahead of time. Uh, Brandon Clark, we have Mer uh, Sam Merrill, John Morant, Zion or Zaire Williams uh, are the four out there for Memphis. CJ McCollum and Cody Zeller out for Portland. As far as uh, the statistical analysis here, when you look at pace of play, you've got Memphis 11th, Portland only 26th, which is very odd uh, when you have all those guards that can run, but they're not playing fast uh, under new coach Chauncey Billups. Defensively, nothing to write home about. Memphis 17th, they haven't quite got over the hump yet, but they did miss uh, some key players like Dylan Brooks in that defense for a lot of the season. So that should improve. Portland still can't defend. They couldn't defend the last couple of years and they still can't. They're 27. And now they have to play probably a fairly long period of time uh, without CJ. Um, looking at the prices here, you know, you've got Desmond Bain, who's been so steady, really improved player at 6'3", Dylan Brooks at 6'4". Triple J, if you trust him to stay out of foul trouble at 7-2. And a super cheap 5K Stephen Adams, who has, you know, at times really uh, gone 7-8X. You know, at times he gets uh, low total, so a lot of risk there, but there is uh, definitely some reward. DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson are capable of having big games for them uh, off the bench. Portland, Dame at 9-9, very expensive. He hasn't been the same Dame this year as he's been in the past. But, he, you know, if he starts heating up without CJ, his usage is through the roof. Um, I think he's a nice play tonight. It's just, you know, if in that Stars and Scrubs, he could be one of your pay-up guys. I think it makes sense. The, the big thing here, though, is it's the second night of a back-to-back -back for Portland. It's the only team that played yesterday that plays tonight. So... How is that going to affect their rotation? Do they sit anybody? Uh, that's what we need to see. So we're going to keep a close uh, game eye on this one. You know, if you play a guy like Lillard, though, and you can put him in a spot where you can pivot him out easy, uh, do that, you know, so that, you know, have a plan in mind uh, going into these late games. Norman Powell's been steady at 6'5". He's had some real nice games. Uh, Nurkic at 7'8", also. Uh, definitely interesting to me. Um, Simons may be at 5-4, although that price has come up, uh, you know, an outside consideration. Uh, but I want to make sure he's completely healthy. So uh, there's a few plays here in this game. Uh, not, not my favorite game on the slate, but I think, you know, a one-off on each side makes perfect sense. All right, game 11. It's the last game on the slate, uh, and it's an interesting one. Utah Jazz and the L.A. Clippers. Um, the Clippers have a 103.5 implied. Utah has a 112 implied. Eight, Utah's favored by 8.5. It's a 215 over under 
with an island game for both teams. Uh, coming into the game, the Clippers are 16 and 12, Utah's 19 and 7. Uh, important news here in this game, and again, it creates this you know, do you roster these guys and have them in a spot where you can pivot them? And that's Paul George. Paul George and Nick Batum both questionable, and it changes everything in this game, both defensively for the Clippers and certainly usage-wise for the Clippers. Uh, also, Ibaka, Leonard, Preston out for the Clippers. Utah, on the other hand, Azabuki and Butler, that's Jared Butler, are the two guys that are out for Utah. They've stayed pretty darn healthy uh, throughout the year. <clears throat> Offensively, uh, pace-wise, Clippers are 12th and Utah's 16th. So even though everybody thinks, oh, it's the Clippers and Jazz, slow, tough defensive teams. Yeah, they're great defensively, but they don't play slow. They're middle of the pack or better, 12th and 16th. So they're right there. Defensively, though, you've got the, the two best matched up defenses on the slate. They're fourth and fifth, respectively. So, you know, definitely not a stack game in that sense. Uh, but there are some solid plays. Uh, Reggie Jackson, 6'8", Terrence Mann at 5'3", uh, and Marcus Morris at 5'4". Those three jump up if George sits. And then you have a possibility of a Luke Kennard at 5'2", as well. Or, if, you know, GPP-wise, Brandon Boston at 3K flat uh, min. If George plays, it, it does shuffle the deck there. You know, George becomes the best play, uh, and it really lessens some of the flavor for some of these uh, bench guys. On the Utah side, uh, Conley at 5'7". He's had, you know, a lower ceiling this year. Haven't gone there. Certainly Mitchell. I mean, at any game, any time, uh, he can go off at 9-1. I like him a lot more if George sits because George would guard him. Um, but if uh, if he sits, Mitchell, it's going to be a tough matchup for them because if they put Kennard in, he can't defend. So then you got to shuffle the deck around and try to find somebody that can stop him or bring an athletic guy in like a Boston or, or move somebody to try to bully him, uh, you know, like a Morris uh, or maybe even Terrence Mann, even though, uh, you know, he may get the assignment there. So the bottom line is, uh, Mitchell becomes a much better play for me if Paul George is out. After that, you can go on the cheap uh, with Bogdanovich or O'Neal or Clarkson. They're all in that four to five range. Uh, very inconsistent with who's stepping up to get it done. Uh, they really do uh, it by committee quite a bit. Uh, Gobert's a fine play at center, though. He's a flat 9K, which is a little expensive. But, you know, he's going to get a lot of rebounds in this game. Um, and, you know, he makes sense uh, in a lot, you know, in a, in a group of, of centers where there's a lot of good centers. But, um, you know, I think he's he's an option that if you want to have a late, you know, ace in the hole, he could get you, you know, 14 points, 15 rebounds, five blocks kind of game. So I, I do like him here. Just don't know if I want to use that last pay up spot uh, for 9K Gobert. All right, my friends, that is 11 games. We went through all of them. Our, my recommendation is get those, uh, you know, pick the contest you want, get those locked in, go through the, the podcast, set up your initial lineups and get those in place. That makes it so much easier when the time comes for lock. Then join us in Discord. You can get, uh, jump on at dfscoachtalk.com. 
And again, take any of our uh, great deals, especially our 12 days of Christmas, which is 12 bucks for 12 days. You can't beat it. So if you sign up today, we'll get you in Discord. You'll be able to check everything out this afternoon. Um, and then, you know, follow it through in Discord with us. And then that last hour before lock, I know all of us have been feeling it. We had uh, Joe uh, Omaha, Joe Stanton, who hats off, man. I got to take my hat off to you. You did a great job on Sunday. Appreciate you filling in and I was as I was traveling. Uh, but he experienced some late changes in NBA as the uh, lock comes about. And it is stressful. And of course, uh, we had Saturday, we had our man Crash Davis do a great job, but he had those late, you know, last minute changes. Andrew yesterday had to deal with them. And, you know, I know what that feeling is uh, basically six days a week is you get all that news, all that stuff moving, and then boom, 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 the last 30, 40 minutes or less. Uh, lately, it's been the last 15 minutes. There's major changes that happen, but we're on it. Um, you know, we don't have to dump everything back into an optimizer, spread everything out with all these 150 lineups, figure all that back out when there's a change and it screws up everything. We sort of have already figured out, you know, where who's in, who are our first guys in or out. And if there's a change, how's that pivot going to take place? We'll get that on our clipboard for DraftKings. We'll make those changes on FanDuel and Yahoo, and we'll have them to you in time for lock. So, yeah, I mean, it was great early on when we could always post everything 25, 30 minutes ahead and everybody's comfortable. But, you know, now it's 10, 15 minutes ahead. It still gives you plenty of time. And if you follow the process and aren't trying to buy into the contest, initially put your lineup in and do all that at the last minute, if you get it set and listen to the podcast, you'll know sort of a core group of guys we're going to play anyway. And then it's not as stressful if we get those last minute changes. So just wanted to mention that to our members because uh, I know sometimes it's a scramble at the end, but <clears throat> I love it. I mean, I know people complain about it. I think it gives us an edge. The normal people out there don't have a ton of time to prepare for these late night swaps and everything that goes on. We do. We're setting this up throughout the day. We're watching it and making the moves as they happen right in our discord so the more changes the more stuff i know it's tough but it's the better for us here at coach talk it gives us a bigger edge and we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna show a lot more winners that way so fantastic time here enjoyed it i uh, love meeting with everybody this midweek wednesday slate is always really hot so uh, it's gonna be a fun night tonight so enjoy it if you have any questions let us know. You can reach us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, if you want to leave a question right in YouTube, we'll answer it there as well. So appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy this slate, and we'll be back again tomorrow as we look to crush it in NBA DFS.